It's June 11th, 2017. You're listening to the Fancy Ramen Podcast. I'm Neil Leung. I'm Cookies Kabilk. And this is Scott. This week, we'll be going over some pre-E3 talk, including our thoughts about EA's pre-E3 showcase. Uh, They held that yesterday. Our predictions, our hopes, and whatever else applies. Since we're recording this on Sunday morning, there's a chance this episode won't get out until after the Sunday conferences, specifically Microsoft, Bethesda, and Devolver Digitals apparently doing their thing again. Before we get to E3 and EA's pre-E3 show, I wanted to talk a bit about some things that happened this week and in the past. In particular, when Cookie, you were uh, joining us from Chicago, we talked a little bit about Microsoft Scorpio and what the actual name will end up being. I know you just saw the uh, teaser video for the Scorpio, but that uh, this last week, Microsoft did two big things. First one being they put out a trademark for an S logo that specifically is like an S missing like a middle section, kind of like a stencil, but you wouldn't necessarily need that middle section. To... Correct. The second thing was they released an Xbox teaser video, and I don't know if you've uh, seen it, Scott. I haven't seen it yet, no. There are a few particular freeze frame sections, or like these sections that if you slow it down or freeze it, you get some interesting messaging behind it. Uh, the first one is the text six greater than four, the, the carrot sign, if you will, or, or that uh, left-pointed one, right-pointed. That assuredly refers to the number of teraflops the Xbox has over the PS4 Pro. And then you also have the message X10S101-317. If you search that up alone, you come across a Radio Electronics magazine cover that has a crude mock-up of R2-D2 of Star Wars fame. And then you also have the text on the article saying, build this robot for under $400, which that seems like a decent clue that the Xbox Scorpio is going to be $400 or $399. On top of that, you also can take away the last six digits of the text as the date, 10-13-17, as the possible release date for the Xbox Scorpio, leaving you with X-10-S. So, guys, how does Xbox-10-S sound to you for a console name? Why don't we just stick with Xbox Scorpio, since that sounds cool? You know, reading this docket, seeing the last sentence that you actually didn't read on it, I don't mind X1S. Yeah, I, I, I thought to myself, if there's supposed to be a period, or if there would be a period, Xbox X1S might have a ring to it, but then is that not crossing into dangerous waters with the Xbox One S? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Because <laughs> they do have an Xbox One S. Oh, dumb. Dumb. What's a teraflop? It's unit of measurement that measures the amount of badassness your console has. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Stupid name. Stupid name. It doesn't matter what we name it, though. It's more to Xbox and Microsoft form in the first place to have a stupid name, though. Like, they're the only company that doesn't like to follow some sort of standard or reasonable naming convention. And I'm giving Nintendo a pass because... They justified their names. Yeah, they've always justified the name off of like the console's like intrinsic qualities. Like the GameCube was, was a gaming cube. device shaped like a cube. The Wii was fun, and you said "Wii" when you played it. Like I thought, it, I thought they the, were going for Wii Play. Oh, I mean, because Wii works too. can play together was their commercial. <laughs> yeah, and then the Wii U, the tablet is is how you're able to have it is like a more single player kind of experience or or the Wii U is in the sense that like there's there's one particular main controller and that's for you and then there's the auxiliary Wii motes from the last console version. I don't know, they made enough sense to me. What have you been doing this particular week before we get into the E3 craze? Oh, I mean, besides frantically catching up on all the E3 stuff that's happening while I'm still settling in, um Man, I've done a lot. I've I've worn a hat. That's pretty crazy. I haven't worn a hat in like mm, 10 years almost. My head's really small now that I don't have any hair. So it's hard to find a hat that fits. I went fishing. Uh, that was also really awesome. Haven't done that in about a decade as well. Did, did you catch anything? 
No, it, the the water was so fast and and uh, really high right now. Not saying climate change, but climate change. Um, it's <laughs> the uh, the rivers and waters have been a, a little crazy this season, apparently. Um, otherwise, I'm just like unpacking my stuff, moving in, and I finally finally got to start playing Persona Five and uh, realizing how like it's a blast, but I'm almost overwhelmed at how much there is to do and and how long everything takes. Like, I just finished my first heist as the Phantom Thieves, and I think I'm 12 or something hours in. It takes a long time. Your first real heist, or was that the heist that you impromptly do because you need revenge? The first, I mean, the absolute first heist, which is the uh, castle which I, I think I can leave it at that. Yep. Yeah, that's that's as far as I am. And and already it's it's to the point where like I got halfway through the dungeon and I've been playing with my girlfriend watching. Like that's her one request is she doesn't want to play the whole game. She just wants wants to watch me play it and enjoy it alongside. And so we were playing the other night and uh we got halfway through the castle and your your colleagues will comment on how far you are. But we thought that we were definitely at like the end of the castle. We were like, there's a boss fight just around this corner. And then we go to leave and they do the summary and they're like, okay, we're about halfway through the castle. And we're like, Jesus Christ, how big is this building? What could possibly be left? While we're talking about this, uh, maybe it's a good time to talk about a recent review that IGN uh, came out with. There's a better way to put that. On Thursday, there was a a re- review released with Katsura Hashino, who's the director of Persona 3, 4, and 5, as well as some other games, uh, regarding his departure from the P-Studio, Atlas's studio. Why are you calling this a review? It's just an article, Neil. Oh, interview. Oh, okay, that makes more did sense. I, did I say review? You kept saying review. I, I don't know. Why. And I was I'm like, sorry. they're not reviewing anything in that. <laughs> review, review. We're reviewing his departure, much like we've reviewed LeBron James' departure from the Cavaliers to the Heat was well done, well played, classy move. Anywho, Sports. He, uh, he, le- he left essentially P-Studio, and this actually happened in 2016 when I was out of the loop and basically blocking all news related to Persona 5 to avoid spoilers. So FYI, that's out there. And he has a new studio under Atlas named Studio Zero with their first project, Project Re-Fantasy. Re-Fantasy. Which I, I, you know, I hate the name, but whatever. That's fine. It's just a project name, and hopefully, it's not actually what it will be. We're not going to talk about the the necessary uh, or the effects over Persona Five and the or Persona Six, excuse me, and the, what the series will be because uh, when we're doing our spoiler cast for Persona Five, I figure that'll be a better time to discuss that. But I'm really curious about what this new game could be because uh if if you go through the interview he has a lot of really cool quotes uh two in particular are quote unquote i'm not particularly interested in returning to some golden heyday of fantasy games and we feel we can build a world of illusion that takes the kind of societal issues we use in shin megami tensei or persona games shin megami tensei is going to be making this game yeah uh, so Hashino is actually the director of Nocturne, which was my first game in the SMT universe. And oh. Nocturne is real fucking cool and completely different from Persona 3, 4, and 5. Excuse me. Wait, how can it be cool and different from Persona 5? That's a good point. Yeah, per- Persona is the definition of cool. Yeah, but as a whole, there's very little out about Project Re Fantasy. But after going through this interview, I just felt to myself like... Damn, I think I'm more excited about this new project than any like hypothetical Persona Six at this point. So, Project Re Fantasy or Death Stranding? Oh, Re Fantasy by far. Okay, fair enough. What What I can say that I found very interesting or cool about it is that he said, you know, there are these um, like already established fantasy tropes such as um, like Tolkien and whatnot. And he's like, since we're complete amateurs, we want to, you know, make, make our own complete fantasy concept separate from any other like form of inspiration if possible, which is really ambitious to say. It's super ambitious to say that I want to generate something 
brand new that doesn't take from any sort of context that normally permeates any approach to like tackle this genre. And it, it's very important too to state that he he mentions Tolkien, Record of Lotus, uh, Wizardry, D and D, like very big paradigms of the fantasy world. And to have the recognition of them and then to cast them aside, I think is important because you know that he has the knowledge and the upbringing with these fantasy giants, you could say. But to intentionally put it aside is powerful. It would seem like a very cocky statement if it wasn't coming from someone that, um, at least from the work that I've experienced of theirs through Persona and uh, you know other Shin Megami Tensei content, uh it's it's a very bold move but it it seems like he's got the confidence that he'll be able to deliver upon it and i'm excited to see what that could be i'm also really excited to see what soejima has to offer he's been the character designer for the uh persona series since persona 3 and uh because of that I, i'll be honest i kind of thought that kaneko uh, was the art director for so long. I don't know how I got that mistaken. Uh, but Kaneko is the guy that does the majority of the original Atlas RPG titles like SMT, uh, did the personas up before three, and that's when Soejima took over. Wait. Shimigama pers- Tensei? <laughs> is Persona Atlas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shimigama Tensei is Atlas as well. It's like their core but franchise. there's no one with big boobs in it. You know... I'm pretty sure most of the big boobed Atlas games, like Stella Glow, are all third party developers. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think about it now because look, look at all of the Persona waifus as a whole. Like, there's no one with ridiculous proportioned bodies. Ridiculous. Yeah, no, they're all they're all definitely very reasonable. I mean, besides the like completely unrealistic body standards of of say teddy or the dog (laughs) right right but and and of course taking into account that it's anime as well so there's always like the cartoonish proportions but within Mm -hmm. that reasonable scale like nothing goes way over the top like obviously everyone is way too skinny in these games like unrealistically skinny but no yeah i mean nobody looks like they're a like they'd have the uh like uh, SUV high rollover risk st- sticker put anywhere. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so Soejima. Oh, whoops, Soejima. Uh, Shinigami Tensei. Yes, yes, him. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in a fantasy setting because the last time I think he did anything fantasy related was like a PS2 game, and the artwork was really cool and really neat. But he's also advanced a lot since then. Um, and then Meguro, uh, Shoji Meguro the composer who's been a part of persona since the first game. I don't think I've heard anything by him set in a more fantasy based setting. I know right. he's done his some stuff. wheelhouse is all contemporary. It seems, isn't it? It certainly seems that way. So, but it's also a, an issue with us assuming that it needs to be generic fantasy driven music. Did you just assume that fantasy's gender? Did I did I use a text based? No, oh, no. Okay, just making sure. I'm sorry, fantasy, the genre and ideal that Wikipedia, the person himself or herself has. Did you just assume con- Wikipedia's gender? I unassumedly assumed that I should use himself first and then herself second. Yes, herself first always. Anyway, this yeah. is not the omake. A- anywho, like that. That's that's just my overall thoughts on re fantasy. But I am overly hyped and maybe a little too soon because we're probably not going to see it till like 2019 wait does sony have something to do with it no but okay that's good there's there's a chance technically yeah technically there is a chance because they did make persona 5 console ps4 exclusive or ps4 exclusive all the way through doesn't really seem like there's any chance it's going to pc and yeah oh so never mind yeah i think you're right maybe they they (laughs) might have something in hand there quick question on the re-fantasy thing do any of you guys suspect that it has to do with the fact that they're like re-establishing the fantasy genre by doing this like reset or reboot i know i said a lot of words that start with re right there but 
do you, do you suppose like this whole naming convention is just to stick with with the fact that they're trying to do this groundbreaking shake up to the fantasy genre? Redefinitely. Yeah, Re-definitely. yeah. Redefinitely. I, I that that's really good to point that out. My only the only reason I begrudgingly take that title as something like I don't like is just because the anime industry as a whole has really been pushing the re aspect from they definitely Re's, have yeah re zero right re life re creators re i'm i'm missing like half of the titles out there but yeah the fact that you're able to name three off the top of your head demonstrates how uh, saturated the industry is with that idea right now and it definitely it seems like a pr um just it it seems really like a pr naming like there's no other reason than to bring in interest like oh it's re what are they rehashing now back to the topics on hands uh you mean back to the e3 hype train yeah exactly you know it yeah so e3's pre-show conference happens ea's pre-show uh, conference yeah sorry and uh i'm gonna go through the list of things we were introduced to and then we'll double back over and actually talk about the titles we're interested in to start with bioware's new ip anthem was revealed we got some more star wars battlefront 2 Woo! A new co-op experience known as A Way Out from the makers of uh, developers of Brothers. Woo-woo! Need for Speed Payback. Battlefield 1 new maps and content. FIFA, Madden NFL, and NBA Live 18. And then we get free Origin access for Xbox and PC users with the caveat of having to install Origin. Uh, PS4 users also get free trials or something like that. I was looking for those. I don't know how to find them. I'm pretty sure they just said that, so PS4 users weren't, like, butthurt about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely looking. I was like, oh, sweet, I get free trials of things. I wonder what I get a free trial of. I'm going to turn on my PlayStation for the first time in years. I don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll add the free PlayStation Plus games to my library. <laughs> so, as a whole, I know a lot of these titles don't necessarily... Uh, resonate with any of us that much whoa whoa some of the titles what titles don't resonate with you okay fifa wait 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 nfl we're getting that on switch without the uh without the journey yeah uh, without without the story mode which is the only reason why no 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 no. without what's his name story mode uh so you still have alexander hunter yeah so you still have career mode yeah, but it's not it's not movie mode. I I would rather play a sports game if it involved having a scripted out movie sequence and then I could just skip through the games. So are you going to get that new Madden then? <laughs> uh, Don't you just want a uh, football manager or whatever and then cut scenes where one of your players breaks an ankle. That's all you're asking <laughs> for. You know, if you told me there was a story oriented football management sim out there i would totally be down even if it's like text-based i am down for that shit neil says if there's story and tedium i'm going for it yes you know it Uh, please bring me the tedium (laughs) (laughs) i want to waste more hours of my life more tedium enough content as for Madden NFL 18's new story mode, I think it's interesting. I watched the preview of it, and I was just like, oh, okay. Do you think EA is ever going to cast a white person for one of their sports games story modes? They got to do an NHL one eventually, right? Well, it, it's not just EA doing it, but it's also 2K. They were the one with the Spike oh, Lee. Oh, yeah. 2K did the Spike Lee joint with yep. the black guy. Which mm-hmm. was obviously a Spike Lee joint. the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I really highly recommend for anyone watching this or listening uh, to go and check out all of the cutscenes because they are amazing. I actually played through it. Were you not riveted or riveted? It was by a Spike Lee joint. I, yeah, so you cried the, at the end. As the blackest person here, I'm good. <laughs> Whenever I hear Spike Lee joint, I kind of just avoid it. <laughs> but I was like, Spike Lee joint video game? What? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try this out. Anyway, speaking yeah. of black people in sports, yay! <laughs> Anthem. That looked like something, as very little as we got from it. They gave you nothing. There's nothing to talk about yet. It, uh, well, there is one thing to talk about. 
Shepard. Max. It literally looks like it was just like, oh, here's some rejected N7 armor from Mass Effect that's turning into a game. You're totally right. Like, <laughs> I, I 100% agree. There's there's some sort of like renegade looking kind of helmet in, I think, the second game that more or less would be like a similar concept design to what the protagonist in Anthem's helmet is. It's almost the exact same thing. Star Wars Battlefront 2? Woo! I'm actually... Yeah pretty stoked for that so i i wasn't the biggest uh proponent to the first star wars battlefront for for a variety of reasons that i really don't need you're to talking about, about the reboot like the recent the reboot first one, right yeah because i don't know how many hundreds of hours i had on uh the original battlefront and battlefront 2 sure but it's enough to say that i was definitely a big fanboy of those first games everyone was um, scott everyone was I, it's true, yeah. Anybody who wasn't a fanboy just didn't have a system to play it. Like, that's <laughs> the total truth. Yeah. Anyway, I will say I'm really excited about Battlefront 2, if only because there's droids. And I loved playing the droids. The droids are the fucking shit. I hope they, like, say weird, off-the-cuff shit in it as well. They, and they still have the weird, like, high-pitched kind of buzzing voice. Like, that's great, too. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, be a droidica if it's still possible and just fucking roll through town, put up some shields and start mowing down some stormtroopers. I hope it's possible. Oh, so what do you think of the new, um, instead of picking up the random cards, because I'm pretty sure that's one of the things you didn't like about the first rebooted Battlefront. I didn't like yes, that about you were Battlefront. Correct. No one liked that. No one liked that. So what do you think of this new um, point system? As long as you're playing the objective, you're being a good team player, and that's just going to put you in. What do you think of that? That's way better. I totally agree with that. It should incentivize better teamwork and like objective play, and that's the, that's the whole goal for a lot of people. I mean, uh, lots of people just want to get you know their KD at the end of a match, but ultimately people like winning and to win you got to have teamwork and so if you can like gently incentivize that with the structure of the game i'm all for it are you sure that's going to gently instruct <laughs> incentivize incent thank you <laughs> i almost said instructivize <laughs> gently incentivize people with that because i'm just thinking this is getting a little closer and closer to the to the call of duty formula because mm, you've got to create I, your I mean, own custom class now and then you're getting points based off of what you do Granted, it doesn't reset every time you die, thank goodness. So it's just like when Call of Duty introduced their passive, what you call it. So like you get less points, but you keep them as you die. So it's yeah, you don't run out of points. You don't get set back. So it's just going to tell you, people are just going to be running around with SMGs in small corridor spaces because an SMG in that first area is just going to be sniper haven. Sniper haven. Because did you see the um, video? Yeah, I did. Oh, man. I loved it. Oh, it looked good. Oh, what, is, what are your yeah. thoughts, Neil? Looks like a game. <laughs> There's not enough story no mode in story. it. No uh, story. No, we'll, we'll put it this way. Uh, <laughs> there's not, like, there wasn't enough actual gameplay for me to go through or to watch to make me think it was going to be any better than the first re-released, remade Battlefront. Like, but the features yeah it looks better it looks really good like from a graphical standpoint that game looks fucking awesome when was the last time you saw the first battlefront that game looked fucking yeah, awesome i guess too. so too i guess yeah did. as soon as you see frostbite For you're just like realism <laughs> there's just a lot of things that really bugged me about the first game like if you're going down your scope it's not actually true to where your scope is pointed it's still pointed at the center of your screen just zoomed in so you could have allies get in the front of your gun even though they're not really in the front of your gun in game yeah like, it's uh it's the fallout 3 zoom my absolute favorite <laughs> and by that i mean sarcastic favorite type of zoom right like let's just pretend that the camera zoomed in about six more inches down your arm yeah it doesn't feel right aim. No, it, it doesn't. Um, I I would like to say though that Battlefront Two, like I'm I'm trying to pretend that this is the first time that a Battlefront reboot has been done. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of ig ignoring the first Battlefront ever happened. Cause Wait, I'm there really was a Battlefront before Battlefront, Battlefront 2? Two. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess <laughs> that's maybe the not. right attitude. Because because <laughs> if you think about it, Scott, even for the original Battlefront, which one did you play more, Battlefront or Battlefront Two? Battlefront Two, baby. You got to get those space battles in every once in a while. Exactly. So there's I, never been I a will Battlefront. Say, though, the original, the very original Battlefront had some really killer maps. Like it did. I wish I could have played Battlefront Two mechanics on some Battlefront maps, like Bespin Cloud City. Oh god, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that there will still be more conditional games, like in the recently remade Battlefront One, the Battle of Hoth. Those would be super sweet. I don't see why there would be any reason to take those out, like. You have the added, um, you have the added benefit or tension of it being an actual event that happened in the movies, and so people are able to like tie in with that and get more excited about the outcome. I, I couldn't see any reason why they would uh, decide not to have some more conditional fights from the uh, like, I guess what would you call it, the prequel saga? If you mean by like episode one through three. I don't think it's specifically episode one through three, but I mean they're bringing in units from. From yeah, the, or not the prequels. I'm sorry. The original, um, the original, four through six. No, the I, new, n- new hotness. Never mind. It is the it is the prequels. I get so confused because everything looks newer and shinier in episodes one through three, and then everything looks like shitty space garbage in episodes five through six. Practical effects, then, boy. Yeah, exactly. It's the special effects, and then for some reason, though. They keep the shitty looks for episode seven so far in Rogue One, which is fine. Because they have to, because it doesn't make sense. It was way shinier in the past. And then when Samuel L. Jackson gets killed, things started looking very dreary in that universe. So true. Pretty much. He does die on camera, right? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Does he get chopped in half and thrown out of a building? Or is that just Anakin? (laughs) Or is that just Darth Maul? No, uh, Darth Maul gets chopped in half, but I, I'm pretty sure Samuel L. Jackson dies by Darth does he Sidious. Die by lightning? Yeah, yeah. But did he also get Sidious, thrown out of a window? Sidious zaps him. Yeah, and and tossed like he gets. Poor Samuel L. Jackson gets manhandled. But at least he got it's his purple f- lightsaber. That's all that he matters. Did, yeah, <laughs> it's really it's really not fair. He should have. I mean, the problem is is that he didn't use his uh, Jedi mind trick to have him take out take out his badass motherfucker wallet uh, (laughs) realize who he was and then just leave him alone next time let's move on to a way out (laughs) so this game's developed oh god i can't recall the studio name now but they worked on brothers uh a tale of two sons a way out seems to be a prison escape slash what lies beyond it cooperative game between two players Two very different characters trying to get out of jail. And as we see from the trailers, getting out of jail and enjoying more life afterwards. I mean, if enjoying life means beating up all the cops who come after them after they break out of jail. Yes. I just I just had a epiphany. Scott, you couldn't see my face, but yeah, I was thinking real hard. I was like, how does that make sense? Brothers, a tale of two sons. And then my mind was like... No, Christopher, you idiot. <laughs> They're both brothers. And it's a tale of one father's two sons. And I was like, oh my God. It makes oh, sense. Man. So I, I really dig the artwork or the art style in a way out. Like, it's it got looks, such big mutton chops. It looks real good, but at the same time, it looks kind of cartoony. Is he Kramer? Is he supposed to be Kramer? He kind of looks like Kramer, doesn't he? He looks like Kramer with a better haircut. He, he sort yeah. of looks like... I, I'm still trying to figure out who it is that the black-haired man looks like. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still throwing me off. Travolta, not Travolta. No. The other guy that looks kind of like Travolta, but it's I, not I don't Travolta. think it's a real person. That's the thing. I think it's a character in another game. Like he, he kind of looks like he belongs in uh, Dishonored. I never played those mm. games. I totally, I'll believe that. Yeah. We'll have to Torvo. talk about that another time. Dishonored, though. Uh, but when it comes down to character design, you should always just like if you're if you're uh, you know drawing a blank, just pick somebody from your life that's inconsequential as an artist. Like that guy's probably his accountant. He's just like you know what? It'd be really funny to see Larry as the main character in my game. 
Just, just throw a space in there. And then when he goes to play it later, he's like, wow, what are the odds? <laughs> I like that idea. Also, during their interview for Prison Break, No Escape. What's this game called? A Way Out. A Way, a way Out. out. <laughs> <laughs> for this, I really like the idea of they were like, yeah, we want to play this game. I want to be a game developer just so I can be like, I want to play this game that's kind of about this, this, and this with some gameplay mechanics like this. And then like a couple of years later, you can now play that game. That sounds amazing to me. It's a good way to design games, at least you could imagine, which is you as a game designer want to play something, so you just make it, right? Yep, and then you tell the yeah. world to crowdfund it, and then we've got Shenmue 3. Maybe. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to say about A Way Out is that co-op games that allow cooperative play in which you two don't have to like share a screen or an immediate space or proximity, those are just the coolest to think about when it comes to all of the possibilities and things that can be done. I oh, my computer's like freaking dying out right here. Yeah, okay, I'm back. Everything's smooth again. <laughs> he goes, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I really like the idea of even if you're playing online, you've still got that split screen aspect. And man, I was telling Neil, I just really love that fact the one scene where they showed the one guy in a cutscene and then the other guy was actually just walking around. Yeah. And just like Yeah. Oh, that's one guy's chatting up a guard and the other one's like sneaking through some pipes. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. I'm ec- I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna make for some cool teamwork. This is a must have for me, just because me and my wife like co op games. No, this game would be great on the Switch. On two switches maybe. Nope, one sweat. Because then you got to like throw the controller sideways and you got to like figure out the weirdest claw hand that you can to like control everything just to just to make Neil's carpal tunnel flare up a little more. Something off topic, but do, are you aware of uh, DS games, Nintendo DS games that actually force you, not force you, but uh, suggest that you play the game sideways? Yes. Yeah, there's there's a few really good ones out there. For another time, though, uh, Nick's on the list, and this is maybe one I was referring to as not being super interested in Need for Speed Payback. You're not interested in another Need for Speed game? Don't you mean EA Burnout Payback? Don't call it Burnout, because those crashes looked kind of amazing when they were playing it, but they didn't look Burnout amazing. Don't say Burnout, don't say Skate, don't say Kingdom Hearts 3. (laughs) They're not happening. (laughs) It, it looks like EA's feeble attempt oh, yeah, at burnout, right. though. It the the is. only issue that I had with watching the gameplay trailer is that that Mustang must be reinforced with titanium because you just tapped any of the other vehicles and they just exploded immediately. That and, Mustang and was made not out of how, things that that's other not how car weren't. crashes work. Are it, you sure? They were made with gundanium. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's not how crashes work, Scott? I saw Fast and Furious the other day. I've been running people off the road for years, Cookie. I know how to <laughs> It's an expensive hobby. I like how Neil in this episode likes to just slightly maim people and Scotch just on the full-on vehicular homicide. And I haven't killed a single person this time. <laughs> you know, Cookie, every time I, I drove up to record, that was actually a new Honda Civic I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> I just peel the plates off of the last one and slap them onto the new car. <laughs> Smart. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Battlefield 1 is getting new maps and content, and I saw and was excited that they're bringing in the Ruskies. The Russians are coming. The Tsars. Eggs. Yeah, man. The All-Stars of the war. Yeah. Yeah, there there you go. There you go. I'm super excited. Is this free? This isn't free, is it? This isn't free. It's never free. Well, Battlefront 2 is free sure well free ish all the extra content's they, free they don't they don't call them free a for nothing <laughs> what sports oh. any thoughts on that or have we already discussed them with the movie sports are good fifa's gonna be fun as always wait they're still making nba live games no they are resurrecting the series okay because 
Yeah, because two K kind of two K kind of just said, "Hey, you remember that NBA Live thing?" <laughs> <laughs> On to new topics. The rest of E three, or specifically the conferences, we're looking at Microsoft, which will be later today at. 3 p.m. our time, I think. Oh my god, why would you, why would why why do you have it in Pacific time on this? They that's what I was given because everything's happening in California, that's why. Uh Bethesda's later just tonight and Devolver Digital. Bethesda's it looks like is only gonna be an hour or so. Otherwise it would conflict with Devolver. Maybe it does, I'm not sure. But I also don't think they have much to say this year. Who, Bethesda? Oh, they're going to say, like, four things, and all those games are going to be out, in, like, next month. Yeah. Because Bethesda's the anti-Sony. They say a game's coming out, the game comes out. Wait, didn't they just... What you call it a game, though? Delay a game? Mm, what game was that, though? I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of blank. I'm drawing a blank. Someone I, just... I just remember that they said Fallout 4 is coming, by the way. Oh, and it's, like... For VR? Um, three months out. <laughs> Oh, you mean for yeah? Okay, that it's Fallout four, 4 announcement was four o'clock pretty. today, our time. Oh, four o'clock. Super our time. prompt, and they immediately started advertising all over the world for it too. Like they they generated the hype, and then they rolled it, and they just kept going with it for three months and released the game. And you know what? They they got me with the hype. They got a bunch of other people with it. I bet it totally helped their sales and I, I don't see them changing that strategy anytime soon yeah i bought that game without talking about the quality of fallout 4 i right, think that we was don't want to talk about that fantastic release and marketing plan i bought it yeah i hate fallout. actually considering considering the quality of fallout 4 we should say it was an even better uh, <laughs> strategy and release because I, I bought that game and they got me they they pulled the wool over my eyes. Oh, Bethesda. So, Monday, PC gaming show, Ubisoft, and Sony, which Cookie and I will be going to the uh, theater showing in Omaha for Sony's E3 conference. Uh, are you going to, Scott? No, I'll, I'll be hanging out. I'll... Uh... I'll catch it online or something. Great. So then you can write up all the reports and uh, screen capture for us and do everything necessary. All right, awesome. Yeah. That we Perfect. actually don't do. That's fine. Nintendo's also got something on Tuesday. So I'm Treehouse. just throwing these all out as a reminder. My question now is, what do you guys want to see this E3? Uh, what, what are you looking forward to, rather? What are you predicting you'll see? And what far out idea do you hope that you'll see okay first what i'm looking forward to seeing well i don't know i want to i want to see bethesda just whisper something about elder scrolls 6 because as sad as i am about the quality outcome of fallout 4 i'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that that they uh they listened to the comment and feedback on fallout 4 as far as their like story and dialogue writing and and i just i just want to see them show that elder scrolls 6 is not a yes no sarcastic option question mark type of dialogue game because if so then i can't buy games from bethesda anymore unless it's through arcane mind if i chip in for a second too Please do. I kind of hope we don't hear anything about the next Elder Scrolls game because I, I think part of their problem is that they've been holding on to this system. I know I know it's different engines and so forth, but this basic system that they've run between Fallout and the Elder Scrolls games for far too long. And I hope they need to get at least another couple years in on development before they can say anything. Unfortunately, you're not going to hear anything about Elder Scrolls 6, guys, because... They just came out with the Morrowind expansions for ESO Online. Yeah. So they're kind of oh, busy. That's true. They're going to push that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm sorry. No, I, I think it's a good thing. They need to take their sweet time on the next game they release. Because I, 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 we're not the only people getting upset at Bethesda for releasing arguably shitty games. And Wait, I'm we're upset that. at Bethesda? Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, well, I'm not actively upset. But I don't think there's been a good game developed by Bethesda specifically in a while. Like, I think the last, or not The Last of Us, uh, what was that game with Shinji Mikami? Shinigami Tensei? Yes. <laughs> um, 
The Evil Within. I honestly think The Evil Within is the best title they've developed in the last five years. And that's saying a lot, considering people don't like that game that much. That's true. Yeah, and and I mean, I'll I'll say that maybe I'm not hostile towards Bethesda as a big fan of their work, but I'm certainly like very skeptical about what they're putting out now after after my experience with Fallout Four. And Scott, and you like New Vegas, right? I love New Vegas, and I that wasn't New even Vegas Bethesda, is what 3. I'm saying. I know, I know, but Fallout Three was Bethesda, and and if I played Bethesda five minutes of would have, yeah. If Bethesda would have implemented, say, the same fixes that uh, New Vegas had to Fallout 3, I think Fallout 4 could have been amazing. Like, there is some really cool stuff they added. They just uh, were missing out on the really cool, like, story and dialogue and, like, mm, I don't want to say relationship, but, like, even faction options and ideas that existed within New Vegas. Like, if they, if they would have rehashed that for Fallout 4 in a new place... I would have been a-okay with it but you know sadly it didn't work out that way and skyrim for whatever reason just really did not hook me at all so my last favorite bethesda game you know came more from arcane studios and that's uh dishonored that's yeah okay i i get you now a, a title that was published by bethesda and yeah but, I, I do want to note too that like i have nothing against the people or games that they publish it's the ones that are de- developed in-house that I'm particularly not fond of lately. Lately, yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is we all acknowledge that they made, they made good games that were enjoyable. It's just lately it hasn't been, yep. hasn't been as rewarding to be purchasing their, their uh, in-house made games. Um, so that's, that was my, my, what I hope to see because I don't actually think I'd, I'm looking forward to it necessarily, and it's probably not a good prediction as you guys pitched. Um, I don't know what else to say, though, for predicting to see. I think we're going to see from Sony, what is it? Uh, Hideo Kojima is probably going to have no part in the show whatsoever, which is going to be weird. So, I mean, he's not gonna he's not going to show up for Sony anymore and that's just it's going to seem like an absence because he's always there for metal gear solid or something yeah in in particular i think it's because death stranding won't have anything to show at e3 is that right correct yeah that's also part of it yeah as far as looking forward i'm looking forward to what nintendo has to pitch about uh their upcoming releases i want to see super mario odyssey and some more stuff about it it looks really fun nintendo seems like the one company that we have a very great idea like we have the best idea of what nintendo is going to show us uh right i I don't expect any surprises there but that being said i i think i'm equally as excited for all of nintendo's e3 showcasing i guess they call us the e3 direct right or something similar to it nintendo direct or the nintendo playhouse nintendo direct e3 i i don't know it sounds like it's not going to be too long but Never is. I don't think they've necessarily bring their biggest guns to E3 anymore. Like that's kind of a trend amongst yeah. all companies at this point. Not all, but I, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm excited, and I think you'll be too, Scott. Uh, w- once I remind you that we will be seeing Detroit becoming human. That game's got to be close to done. Close I don't know. To it's done. got Sony labeled all over it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. That that's one thing I know we will see, and I'm excited to see if there have been any improvements to quality of life in terms of the uh, the David Cage games. I hope he's learned a lot from like the critical response of Beyond Two Souls and the success of uh, Heavy Rain. Like, not to say Heavy Rain doesn't have its faults; it's got a lot of flaws, but most of those flaws were awesome and enjoyable. So, have you played Heavy Rain, Cookie? No. Didn't that come out after Beyond Two Souls? No. Uh, I mean, it, before? It had a remake. And yes, it, it came before Beyond Two Souls. Uh, we should play that. That would be, I think, a fun game to f- put you through. As for what I want to see, this is the wild, never-gonna-happen thing. But I wish Sega would announce Fantasy Star Online 3. 
It's got a better chance than Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out. I, I don't think it does. Like, I just saw recently <laughs> Fantasy Star Online 2 having some sort of campaign along with Final Fantasy 14 in, like, this weird twist of fate when I was just last week saying that, you, you know, if Final Fantasy 14 had pso gameplay <laughs> i would probably be in love with that uh i mean if you want to play i can just go ahead and buy a month of subscription and no we can... no but that's the problem final fantasy 14's gameplay is too boring for me uh but you so... can ride a fat chocobo choboco chocobo Ch- y- yes which one is it Cho- <laughs> oh my god i almost <laughs> said choboco uh chocobo okay. um yeah it, it's, it's not, not gonna Chopko. happen <laughs> yeah i i have a feeling that pso2 still has a bit of life left and i don't think there's necessarily going to be another one after it has died out more things Neil wants to die i don't want it to die yeah you sound like me in these magikarp i'm raging raising <laughs> as to uh anything else that is hitting me i'm i'm curious to see what De- devolver digital has because that's basically an indie publisher and uh, I'm sure I will have not heard of any of the games they showcase this year. So that'll be what curious. they make. They, I don't know of the things they make themselves or maybe aren't they just a publisher? Some games that I know they've released recently or published uh, gods will be watching. That's not recently, mind you. Ooh, that's a, uh, that's a good one. Oh, did you play it? Uh, yes, I, I own it and I'm about halfway. Holy fuck. It. They're hotline Miami. Yeah, they, they publish a lot of awesome games. Um, Enter the Gungeon? Yeah, they, like, like I said, they're seriously like the, the caretakers and keepers of indie darlings. Oh, you know what? There was some weird talk about a possible uh, new From Software title being uh, brought out during E3. And while I think it's really unlikely because it's not Tokyo Game Show, I would love to see Bloodborne 2. You know who else would love to see Bloodborne too? Scott. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that would be I assume awesome. you meant me. <laughs> I did mean you. But I I don't think it's going to happen because Miyazaki has been on the record saying that like he's basically done with Dark Souls. And so I always imagined that by extension meant Bloodborne. No, he's done with Dark Souls. No, I I can totally understand how you would take that as an extension of Bloodborne, though. Like, I I kind of made sure not to get my hopes up as well. When he said he was done with Dark Souls, I went, okay, Dark Souls-esque titles, including Bloodborne as well, then. There's not going to be a Demon Souls 2, either. Like, all of the spiritual successors or Blood Souls games, I figured were out after that. Which means we get whatever that mecha game armored core right now we get some more armored core which that'll be cool too. no i'm down with armor core that's yeah that gives my ish we're, we're both just nodding frantically right now scott oh man so, me too scott. actually now we just need to get a gif of scott nodding <laughs> <laughs> oh Not there's a video, plenty out a there gif, a gif <laughs> what are you looking forward to cookie honestly nothing really like the hype train is hasn't hit me this year Honestly, I kind of... train hasn't left the station? Yeah, I kind of forgot E3 was going on until like 20 minutes before the EA press conference. You were at the junction five miles down waiting for the hype train, got (laughs) bored, and left. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, because it's like, I guess I can become more excited for certain things, depending on what Microsoft throws at me, because I've got the beautiful PC. But I'm a PC and Sony gamer... And Sony's real depressing during E3. Is it? I, I feel like no, Sony no. has had some amazing E3s recently. No, no. Sony has amazing E3s. They're really depressing 20 minutes after their E3 ends when you realize you got no dates for nothing. Okay, yeah. I, I understand that. <laughs> I really understand that. So just like black parent, black kids waiting for their dads to finally pick them up to go to the Disneyland, doing my best not to get my hopes up. <laughs> when all you know is he went out for milk. <laughs> He's coming home today. I know it, guys. So my, my wild prediction is Sony is going to show games and they're going to pull a Bethesda on us. And they're just going to be like, and this game comes out next month. This game comes yeah, out by the way, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake that, that comes out right after this conference ends. Boom. We only kicked off CyberConnect 2 because they were done. 
(laughs) 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 Okay, then quick interjection, because I've changed what my hope is. And I realized that my hope or big dream is it has nothing to do with Elder Scrolls, actually. Bethesda, I want to I want them to make another Doom game because you know what? That is something they did right. They made Doom and it was awesome. I want to see Bethesda make Doom too now. Did they? they wow. Did they develop it? I thought it was actually ID that did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. It came from ID. Uh, another thing from D- Bethesda Publishing, <laughs> but not producing. <laughs> Damn it. I, you know, new new expectation. Bethesda's just like guys. We've decided to stop developing games. We will only publish. We're just games. a publisher. That's fine then. I think that's better. We're going to give Fallout to ID. As different as those games are. <laughs> My expectations for Doom were real low, and the single-player campaign on Doom was one of the most amazing experiences in... uh, That was 2015? 2016. 2016, okay. I'm sad I didn't didn't talk about that at the end of the year, then, because that game deserved a lot of... uh, You know, it deserved some accolades. Certainly agree. That game was too scary. I didn't play it. And then, I don't know who they would give Elder Scrolls to... Tensei, probably. Yeah, they, oh, there you go. What what if what if <laughs> Hashino and uh and Studio Zero was taking on the role of responsibility for developing the Elder Scrolls games from here on out? So it was a typo and it was supposed to be re Bethesda and not re fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> e or E S instead of R E. E S fantasy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Well, there's the hopes and dreams. I got a wild prediction. Nintendo was like, remember when we did that uh, Pokemon Direct, guys, the other day? We were just fucking with you. Stars, here it is. Here it is, stars for the Switch. Oh, God, that's actually, yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, I doubt that's going to happen, but that would be amazing, right? That would be the best. Actually, I would 100% guarantee that even the people that don't own Nintendo would be like, yeah, Nintendo won E3 at that point. That would be amazeballs. Uh, if you want to email us, you can reach us at podcast at fancyramen.com. Any questions, suggestions, concerns, legal matters, that's the best way to contact us. Are we watching anime? Oh, yeah. We should actually talk about that real quickly. We're, uh, we're going to watch Tokyo Godfathers next. Is yep. that correct? If you're interested in watching along, definitely do that and join us next week. It's a, it's a movie, so you only have to commit like an hour, 32 hours to it. Yeah, so find us on YouTube. Review us if you've liked what you've uh, heard so far, or if you're enjoying this podcast, just search up Fancy Ramen Two Words. Again, another exciting episode with you guys. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. And I'm Cookie. See you later. Have a great one. Bye.